Amen. Thank God for the opportunity to stand before you behind this sacred desk. I don't take it lightly, for it is an honor and a privilege to break open the word of God and to learn and glean from his word. How many of you came to hear a word this morning? Amen. You can stand. We're going to open our Bibles to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. When you have it, please signify it by saying amen. Hallelujah. The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3, verse 1, and it reads... Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily. Somebody say daily. This was a routine at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple or the church or the synagogue who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms. He asked for money and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said look on us and he gave heed to them expecting to receive something of them then Peter said silver and gold have I none but I have something for you you're not gonna leave empty-handed hallelujah in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Glory to God. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple walking and leaping and praising God let's put emphasis on verse 1 and 2 it says now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid every day at the gate of the temple. For the next few moments, amen, I want to talk from the topic of the pandemic of powerlessness. The pandemic of powerlessness. Dear Father, we thank and praise you, O God, for your word that's going to go forth mightily this, this afternoon, O Father. Have your way, O God. 
Anoint this mere vessel of clay, O oh Father. Let me decrease as you increase. Anoint the ears of your people that they, that they may hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. The pandemic of powerlessness. Amen. Some of us in here, amen, God wants to reveal to us and is going to reveal to us the key to unlocking the dormant power that God put inside of you the day he filled you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. How many of you have the Holy Ghost today? I mean, you ought to give God some praise. That's right. Show forth the praise of him who called you out of darkness and into your marvelous light. The Holy Ghost, when God filled you, it came with more than just the speaking of other tongues. And the Holy Ghost has many signs that follow them that believe. The initial evidence is you must speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. Don't let anybody fool you. Amen. We all speak in other tongues because it's not you or me speaking. But it's the Spirit of God that he put on the inside that enables you to speak in a language that you never learned in school. Nobody taught you at home. Matter of fact, you won't even understand what it is that you're saying because the Spirit speaks for you with groanings which cannot be uttered. And it is your heavenly language. Amen. But what God wants to do is God wants to reveal to you that he gave you power. Somebody say power. Power over the devil. Power over the enemy. And nothing by any means shall hurt you. Now, when we look at our subject this morning, the pandemic of powerlessness. Powerlessness is a condition or it's a state of being powerless or helpless. Amen. That's a bad place to be in. If you're being honest with how many people in here have felt like you were helpless at one point in time in life, you felt powerless. You, the, you, you couldn't do nothing about what was looking at you in the face. You cried and, and tears flowed down your face. And, and you know, that's what makes people commit suicide. They have no help. They feel helpless. But thanks be to God, amen, if you have the Holy Ghost and you are a child of God, whenever you feel powerless, all you got to do is get on your knees and something happens. It's like God gives you a second wind and, and, and you begin to open up your mouth and you begin to pray and something happens over you. That's called the peace that surpasses all understanding. You was going crazy. You didn't know what the test was going to be. You didn't know the outcome. 
but something happened when you began to pray and call on the name of Jesus he gave you a peace that surpasses all understanding and even though you're crying right now the devil did not take your praise he didn't take your testimony matter of fact this joy that you had the world did not give to you because the joy of the Lord is your strength if you have joy today you ought to give God some praise because God will save you it's not by power it's not by might but it's by the spirit of God if you have the spirit of God this morning you ought to give God some praise right now hallelujah hallelujah God is somebody say good and he's greatly to be praised amen hallelujah but there is however a pandemic that is of epic proportions that is going on right now amen and that is the satan is attacking the minds of sinners and saints that's right the devil does not discriminate who he wants to mess with amen he messes with sinners and saints and it's this acronym that I like to use that people use who study finances in the markets it's called FUD F-U-D and FUD is a acronym for fear uncertainty and doubt mm, fear uncertainty and doubt and what I like for you to realize is that these are all derivatives of a wicked spirit or principality called unbelief unbelief amen people say I don't believe it you I gotta see the facts you gotta show me something I don't believe or I don't trust what's going on People out here talking about how they don't believe in election results and they don't believe, amen, what God said in the Bible. Amen. I work with people all the time who say God is not real. And I say, are you serious? God has left signs in the earth to prove that he is real. Matter of fact, Noah's Ark is in a mountain in the country of Turkey right now. And it's up there as a sign to you for you and me that the flood in the book of Genesis actually happened. But even though it's there, they still say, I don't believe. Matter of fact, let's bring it all the way home in the New Testament. We had Thomas. Thomas was one of the 12 disciples who would be apostles. Thomas lived with Jesus for three and a half years. He heard Jesus say that I will rise again. Then he heard that uh, Mary and Martha and all the apostles say that we see Jesus. We saw him. Yeah, we saw him. He was preaching to us down the road and, and, and he did this and he did that. But what did Thomas say? Thomas said, except I put my finger, hallelujah, in the imprint on his hands and put my hand in his side. What did Thomas say? He said, I will not believe. In other words, I got to see it to believe it. But how many know that God, he'll come right where you are? 
God will come right where you are to reassure your faith. And what did Jesus do? He came in the midst and said, all hell. And they began to look at him and they reverenced him. Hell, H-A-I-L. One day everybody's going to hell and bow to Jesus. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is what? Amen. And Pete and Thomas looked up and said, my Lord and my God. And he got on his knees and he began to worship Jesus. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, you believe, you believe, yeah, because you see. But blessed are those that believe and have not seen. And I don't know about you, but if you are here today and you are a believer in Jesus, even though you haven't seen him Jesus says that you are blessed that's right you are blessed because the Bible says that the just shall walk by faith and not by sight amen so what revelation says in chapter 21 verse 7 and 8 amen Jesus tries to tell us that unbelief is a wicked sin that's right, it says right here in verse 7, Jesus says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Now, in the preceding verses of this chapter, Jesus is revealing to John on the Isle of Patmos what the new heaven and the new earth looks like. Amen. Our pastor taught, briefly touched on that last week coming from Isaiah chapter 2 when he said that the lion shall lay down with the lamb. Amen. A little child shall lead them. They shall put their hand in the den of an asp or a venomous snake and the snake will not bite them. Don't you know that on the new earth there will be no more seas? Which means that there will be way more real estate to go around. Just rivers will be there. And on the new earth, the Bible says that the jaguar will eat straw like an ox. Amen. There will be no more death, no more sin. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that place. Amen. This earth, this earth has got to pass away. It's too much craziness going on down here. But the Bible says that there will be a city called New Jerusalem where the streets are made of gold. And it's going to come down and sit on this great mountain, the whole city, y'all. And the modern day metrics, they say, is 1,380 square miles. That's 10 times bigger than the city of Detroit. And it's going to be sitting on a great mountain with a, with a wall, according to modern day metrics, that's 216 feet tall. That means that you'll be able to see this great city from hundreds of miles away. Amen. And that is the beautiful city that God has made for us as a bride adorned for her groom, as what Jesus says. And Jesus said that he I, I go to prepare a place for you and in my father's house are many mansions don't you know in that city that's 10 times the size of Detroit sitting on a great mountain that God has a mansion up there with your name on it and it's on a street and avenue that's made of gold and not asphalt or blacktop 
I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to seeing that great city. I'm looking forward to making it there, and I will overcome all things. It doesn't matter what I have to go through, but I will overcome everything that I need to overcome. Because Romans says um, that that they, that that all for the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in you. What that means is that heaven is cheap at any price you gotta pay for it. If you gotta die to see Jesus, you better die. If you gotta lay down relationships to see Jesus, lay them down. Because the Bible says that if any man must follow me, he must first deny himself, then take up his cross and follow me. I don't know about you, but it's snowing outside. I could be at home watching football, but I'm denying myself because nothing is going to keep me out of the house of God. If you are determined that nothing shall separate you from God, you ought to give God some praise and magnify him. Hallelujah. No devil in hell is going to stop me. I will press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. It is in Christ Jesus. Somebody give God some praise. Hallelujah. Amen. But in the eighth verse, there's always a clause. There's always a clause. The Bible in the seventh verse, he that overcomes shall inherit all things. But in the eighth verse, it says, Jesus said, but the fearful and unbelieving, my God, and the abominable and the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. What's amazing about this is that it says, but the fearful and unbelieving, Jesus literally listed what we will call lesser sins right next to the big old crazy sins. In other words, amen, you don't got to be nasty to go to hell. Amen, amen, amen. Being, that's right. You don't got to be nasty to go to hell. Nobody is exempt from going to hell because we all have something to work on in us. That's why I shouldn't be looking at you and judging you when I'm going to barely make it myself. I got to look in the mirror, which is the word of God, and look at myself and see, do I see Jesus or do I see flesh on display? Amen. Don't you know that Satan will get you with the little old sneaky sins? That's right. You think you all right. Amen. We got our little three-piece suit on. Our Sunday's best and I look good. Amen. But Satan will get you with the little old sneaky sins because Jesus compared those as the small foxes. That's right. Jesus says that it's the small foxes that destroy the vine. How many know that we got to look out for those small foxes? Amen. They'll, they'll creep up right up on you. Amen. Before you know it, amen, you, you won't be in the spirit. You'll be walking in the flesh. 
Amen. So the small foxes, I, I studied that a little bit. And the reason why Jesus said that is right here. You know, in the natural sense, a small fox appears to be non-threatening because of their small stature. And a small fox appears to be cute and cuddly. Amen. It looks like a pet. It looks like a friend that you can domesticate and put in a cage in your house, right? Amen. In addition to their non-threatening appearance, <clears throat> their small size allows them to maneuver in and out of gardens and vineyards, oftentimes undetected. Those are those little secret sins, amen. They'll move in and out of your life, in and out of your marriage, in and out, amen, without you even detecting it. This is why we ought to get down on our knees every night and repent and say, Lord, forgive me of all my sin sins of omission and, and sins of commission as the song says if you find anything in me that's not like you take it out Lord take it out of me take it out of me and strengthen me why I want to be right I want to be saved and I want to be what whole whole I want to be whole amen and these small foxes because of their innate nature you know a fox is going to be a fox you can't domesticate it you can't change it to your liking and some of us that's the word for some of us because some of us are trying to change a certain situation right now but God is saying leave that situation alone it's always going to be a fox leave that relationship alone it's always going to be a fox leave that alone move away from that environment God said I got more for you lay it down and walk by faith because I'm making room for something else for you if you believe that God is making room for a bitter bigger and better blessing you ought to lift up your hands right now and give God praise because you know and believe that God will supply all of your needs according to your riches and glory some trust in chariots some trust in horses but we will remember the name of the Lord and his name is above every name and his name is a strong tower somebody give God some praise because he will supply it matter of fact he doing it right now before you get home you're gonna have an answer give God some praise hallelujah hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you I will not be an unbeliever but unbelief unbelief it manifests itself it manifests in its, its ugly head in many different ways but oftentimes we can we can discern that it's beginning to take a toll if you might if you assess your thoughts and your speech unbelief that's right it manifests itself through our thoughts and our speech in spite of what Jesus told you amen we begin to doubt what he said now that's wicked if I don't believe that God will do what he said because the Bible says that God is not a liar if you doubt in God really what you're doing is you're calling God a liar and one thing that God is not he is not a liar neither is he the son of man that he should repent which means that if God said that he's going to bless you God is not going to change his mind you might change your mind 
I might change my mind, but God will not change his mind. So if I doubt in God, it's going to manifest as phrases that may go something like this. Maybe God won't do it. Maybe God didn't say what I thought he said. Did God really say that? These are thoughts that Satan sends to your mind to get you to succumb to the spirit of unbelief. And just because you got the Holy Ghost, it doesn't come with a guarantee that Satan is not going to try to tempt you and make you forfeit your salvation. Can I go a little deeper? The day I got saved, December 2nd, 2002, uh, what a glorious day. I got saved, amen. God filled me with the Holy Ghost. He filled me. Listen, I tarried for eight years. Matter of fact, my father brought all kind of ministers and invited them out to come tarry with me. Matter of fact, let's take it home. Evangelist Elaine Allen was one of the ministers that tarried with me. She was, she was a guest speaker at my father's church. And afterwards, he asked, can she, he asked her, can you tarry with my son? But I didn't get it. No fault to her. The fault was in here, my own heart, because I did not believe. I said, I, I, is, that, is, that, is that real? But I heard people speak in tongues, but I said, they got to be memorizing those words. But one day, hallelujah, God saved me. I sat down, didn't have the newspaper bib this time. I sat down and within two minutes, God filled me with the power of the Holy Ghost. Tears came down my face and I, my mouth began to move by itself. And I began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And as glorious as that experience was, later that night, Satan came talking to me. Knocking on my door. And you know what he said? How do you know you got the Holy Ghost? Do you really have the Holy Ghost? Isn't that what he said, he said to Eve? Did God really say that? Satan is a master at what we call suggestion. He sows a seed of doubt in your heart. And I thought about it. I said, Satan, you a liar. Because I heard myself speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave me the utterance. This is why you have to hear yourself speak in tongues because you didn't hear yourself. You'll wonder if you really got it. That's what he does. These are the small foxes. Amen. Uh, another sneaky manifestation for unbelief is that Satan will get you to settle for less than what God promised you. My God, settling for less than what God promised you. You see, settling is Satan's sneakiest tactic to get you and I to sabotage ourselves. That's called self-sabotage. Satan doesn't have to lift a finger in stealing our blessing if he can get us to if he can get us to give up on our own blessing so what satan will do with that he'll put you in a dry 
and dead environment. That's right. He'll kill your environment and, and surround you with dry and dead people who aren't expecting anything from God. Mm, that's right. You got to watch who you associate yourself with. Evil, hallelujah, evil communications corrupt good manners. You can't hang around everybody. You just can't do it because there's a psych psychological study that, 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 that is called nature versus nurture, right? And nature versus nurture says that your environment has more influence over you than your nature. So what that means is that you can be a good person at heart, but if you are in the wrong environment, eventually, if you're not careful, you'll become a product of your environment. In other words, if you hang around the wrong people, eventually you'll, be, you'll become and behave like those people. Now, that's why you can't be around dead people. You can hang around people. You can minister to them. But, but by all means, amen, we're not going to just hang around because eventually my flesh is going to contact something. And the Bible says that I ought to subject myself by the power of the Holy Ghost. Paul said, that's by any means after I preach to you, I'd be a castaway. So I can minister to an unbeliever, but if I don't keep my myself in check I'll become a castaway like that unbeliever amen so here in the book of Acts chapter 3 we see a man who is born without the use of his legs he was born like this y'all he had dead legs he had dead dreams and he had dead people dead legs I'm dead legs and dead dreams of being healed and he's surrounded by dead people and he's hanging around a dead church ah Jesus help us oh God that's a pandemic of powerlessness you know if it is a pandemic when you show up to church to a church that has no power um, and this church was dead not because God didn't like them because God not a respecter of persons this church was a Jewish synagogue and they did not preach or believe in Jesus nor his teachings in other words they were just showing up out of religion and ritual and form or fashion aren't you glad that when you come to new grace we come to lift up the name of Jesus I said, aren't you glad that when you come to New Grace, you're not here out of religion or form of fashion, but you come and press here because you expect a miracle to happen. You expect miracles, signs, and wonders. You came to lift up those holy hands and magnify him. And this is what happened. This man was going to a dead church, and he was hanging around dead people in church who brought him daily every day at the gate of the church called beautiful which is an oxymoron because there's nothing beautiful about a man being brought to church year after year after year and the people give up on you that's right thank god that you have a pastor who will not give up on you 
God said, I'll give you pasture after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. If you're grateful to have a pastor in these last days when there's false prophets running around everywhere, you ought to give God some praise because here you're being taught the truth in season and out of season. Whether it's popular or popular or not, whether he feels like it or not, he has a mandate on his life to preach the gospel and nothing else. Somebody ought to give God some praise. Hallelujah! Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation and we should not be ashamed of it. But here he is, he's hanging around a dead church. This man has been lame for so long that he settled for money. When what he needed was divine healing of his legs. I got, I got a question for you. How can money replace legs? How can, if you get legs, you can get a job and go get your own money. That is a sign of settling. And only desperate people settle. Ah, the devil wants to make you desperate. He wants to make you, amen. Here's another acronym. It's called FOMO. It means fear of missing out. Devil, the devil wants to make you fearful that you're missing out on something. So he'll get you to settle for less than what God wants to give you. Ah, you better not fall for that. You better not fall for that. Because what God has for you, the Bible says that eyes have not seen and, and ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for those that love him and believe in him. Don't you know that what God has in store for you? It's going to blow your wildest imagination. Even though Jesus told John what the city and new heaven and new earth is going to look like, that description does not match in comparison to what you will actually see with your own two eyes when you get there. So what, they, what this lame man did was he settled for money because he couldn't move around freely. He couldn't move, he couldn't go about, and he was dependent on dead people to carry him to church that sounds like a bad situation right there like no wonder he said on his back was against the wall he couldn't do nothing dead people carried him to church and they carried him to not just any church they carried him to a dead church oh my god but I thank you, Jesus, that whenever you can't get to Jesus, how many know that Jesus will come right where you are? Mm. How many of you in here are thankful that when you can't get to Jesus, Jesus will come right where you are? He'll, call, he'll pull you out of whatever situation you're in. He came to you. He pulled some of us out the club. He pulled some of us out of drugs. He pulled some of you out of the dope den. And when Jesus comes to you, he comes mighty and he comes mighty in battle. Matter of fact, when he comes to you, he reaches down and touches you and pulls you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. How do know about you 
but I'm so thankful that God came and saw about me the Bible says that he'll look beyond your thoughts and he'll see your needs and when he sees your needs he won't just look at you but he'll do something about it the Bible said that Jesus he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities but it was by every one of his stripes that I am healed and that you are healed if you are healed from your sin today you ought to give God some praise and bless him right now bless him with the fruit of your lips bless him with your body present your body as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service don't you know that when you're stuck in a dry place and you want to get out God will leave the 99 and he'll come for that one if you feel like you are that one you ought to give God some praise and say thank you Lord for seeing about me thank you Lord for being my help thank you Lord for resurrecting me out of my sin thank you for not leaving me by dead people thank you for stirring up my situation somebody give God some praise right now hallelujah hallelujah but Jesus when he shows up he will show up Sometimes in ways that you did not think he would show up. Because Jesus can manifest himself in many different forms. He manifested himself to Moses as a burning bush. The healing, uh, uh, the healing for the captain of the guard over the Babylonian empire. Uh, what's his name? Anyway, he wanted Elijah to come down and touch him and do some kind of magic trick. Remember that story? And, and he said, well, surely Elijah, I mean, I'm the captain of the guard. I, I, but, but no, Elijah said, dip how many times? Seven times in the Jordan River. And he was upset. He, and the Jordan, out of all rivers, surely it can be another river. But your miracle sometimes is not going to look like what you thought it was going to look like. So don't get upset when the answer comes and it's not like you thought it would be. So he did seven times and he had a leprosy in the skin. But the Bible says on the seventh dip, he could have quit halfway through. But he said, let me see this thing through. One, two, three. He got down to six, still nothing happened. But the seventh time he dipped. And the Bible said that his skin became like a newborn baby and he had brand new how many know that when you got saved as they say your hands look new and your feet did too because God made a change in your life what a wonderful change he wrought in my life you ought to give God some praise if a wonderful change took over you you ought to magnify him your family couldn't believe it. Your co-workers couldn't believe it. But after God gets through touching you, you won't believe it yourself. Give God some praise and say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. 
and Jesus came to this lame man who was sick he had no working legs from the day he was born his legs did not work and this time Jesus showed up through the vessels and through the persons of Peter and John oh look at yourself you want to look at your neighbor and say neighbor I'm a vessel of God and God is going to use me to do exceedingly abundantly above and all that I may be able to be that I may be able to ask and even think don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and God saved you not to hoard all the glory for yourself but God saved you that you should let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven Peter and John were vessels of God and when they showed up to the dead church God showed up but God did not show up for the people that was praising him out of the Jewish religion God showed up, God came for that one person he showed up for that one person who was seeking healing don't you know that God will show up for one person don't you know that God will show up for that one person God will show up for you and then they looked at him and then he looked back at them. You know, Peter and John were used to seeing miracles in their ministry because they let Jesus flow through them because they yielded their bodies, mind, and soul to Jesus. They gave all they had to the ministry. They gave all they had back to Jesus. And as a reward, Jesus gave them power 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 y'all power is the is the word of the day and God wants to give you power today and God will give you power if you fight and resist the spirit of unbelief somebody ought to give God some praise right there because that's the key to the message today we have power to do miracles signs and wonders somebody can come in here right now and receive divine healing as long as we come together and have unwavering faith in Jesus we have power and Peter and John were used to seeing the power flow through their ministry people were healed by Peter and John they were raised from the dead by Peter and John and guess what the same Holy Ghost that dwells in them dwells in you and you and you and you and the pandemic is is that people are walking around and they don't believe that they have power and they are a child of God and they're working worshiping God in vain but I came to remind you today that you are a child of God you have the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you do God will bind it on earth as it is in heaven God will lose it on earth as it is in heaven and God said that whatsoever you do you shall tread upon serpents you shall tread upon scorpions and nothing shall hurt you but you got to let God flow through your life and Peter and John they spoke these powerful words don't you know that the power of life and death is in your tongue and you got to speak life you got to speak life don't say all negative things like I don't think God can do it or maybe this isn't God's will when God gave you the Holy Ghost he gave you power somebody say power 
Peter and John look down and they say silver and gold I don't have but I still got something I don't have money but I'm not broke I don't have money but I'm not broke I might not be rich in money but I'm still rich in Jesus you gotta change your perspective around and say I'm blessed the devil is a liar I'm not cursed but I'm blessed I'm saved and sanctified I'm a child of God I'm a child of the king and no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper Peter and John looked down and said silver and gold I don't have but what I got I give to you in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus rise up and walk get up out of that bed give God some praise because God came to give you power and praise God the Bible says that that man stood up and he began to praise God he began to jump he began to leap for the first time in his life he praised God in jumping in dancing and I got news for you if God has touched you get up and give God some praise don't just sit there jump up and down and praise him praise him praise him you got power you have anointing he's your king you're his son praise him praise him praise him hallelujah glory he give god some praise right now drive away unbelief drive away fear praise him with the sound of a trumpet praise him Hallelujah! What is the highest praise? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory! Thank you, Lord! Praise you! Hallelujah! You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. You want to come down to the altar right now. Hallelujah! Come to the altar. Come to the altar. The altar is open right now. The altar's open right now. Hallelujah. God wants to give you power. Power is the answer to your pandemic. If you're struggling with, if you're struggling with unbelief, come down to the altar right now. Let God fuel you with that undeniable, infallible power of the Holy Ghost. God has something in store for you. The Bible says that for this promise is given unto you and your children's children and all who are afar off. The Holy Ghost has come to make you and to graft you into the covenant of the New Testament. Jesus made this possible by the shedding of blood when he died for you. And the veil in the temple was rent in twain, signifying that no longer are Jews the blessed people, but you as Gentiles are blessed if you receive the salvation. And the plan of salvation is <clears throat> repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and you will know you have the Holy Ghost 
because a wonderful change is going to overtake you hallelujah he is more than able I said he is more than able he is more than able to answer what you are asking him for the counselors can't do it the therapist can't do it but Jesus can because he's more than able is there one is there anybody else if you need prayer if you need God to shake up some things on your job in your home in your environment if you need God to speak life to those dry bones come down to the altar right now and God will put it back together piece by piece bone by bone God will revive you he came that you might have life that you might have it more abundantly he's more than able Hallelujah, hallelujah, oh God. The thief who is Satan, he wants to sift you like wheat. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you don't have to worry about that because we serve a God who's able to raise up a standard against the enemy because he's more than able hallelujah hallelujah we can't deny what God can do we can't deny the, that he can do the impossible the things that are impossible with man are possible with God who am I to deny what he can do? Who are you to deny what he can do? He can do anything. Hallelujah.